This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. This is the second episode of Friday Morning GM coming your way uh, with me and co-host Vas Laricos of Baltimore Beatdown. Vas, how you doing? Doing well. Excited to get this uh, season kicked off tonight. As we record on Thursday, it should be a very uh, exciting season. A lot of uncertainty and a lot of opportunity. Yep. Uh, and uh, the Ravens, this show just seems very appropriate this year with all of the uh, additional scrutiny that will go over transaction by transaction for the Ravens for the next several years with Lamar Jackson on a second contract. But uh, I know you picked up some things from the recent presser from DaCosta. Yes, I thought, uh, first of all, kudos to the Ravens for making their general manager available to field questions from the media before the season. I don't think all teams do that, and um, they deserve credit for being transparent. Two, two quotes I thought uh, piqued my interest. The first was uh, responding to a question about running back. How much does he value the running back position? And DaCosta, uh, I'm going to paraphrase here, but he basically said we value good players. I've paid an inside linebacker, drafted a center and a safety in the first round, not typically the most important positions. And he said, I do it based on how good the player is, not necessarily how well this position um, – You not necessarily this is a position you should give a ton of money to and this is a position you shouldn't give any money to. Um, he says he understood the argument about running backs and other positions, definitely some wisdom to who you pay. On the other hand, he said, we want as many good players as we can on the team. And uh, – I'm hoping that's lip service. I'm hoping that's lip service to J.K. Dobbins and potentially Patrick Queen as well. You don't want to throw a, a, a player off the off the side of the ship before the season starts. But I don't see a way where they can afford to pay those two positions, whether it be weak side linebacker or running back, significant money moving forward. Well, I would agree. Obviously, I think they you know they paid one inside linebacker. You lose a lot of flexibility in paying a second to be a three-down guy. You lose all the possibility of being a dime of the platooning of the savings that potentially goes there. It's not just you know you don't want to you don't want to have a good player there. You take a lot of injury risk at that position where it's much easier to replace when you platoon. So I for a lot of reasons I like not paying that weak side linebacker position, uh, but I'm okay paying a mic. I'm, I'm not great about it, but I'm okay paying the mic if it's the right player, and I think Roquan is. In terms of the running back position, um, Keaton Mitchell's season is going ha- to say a lot about what the Ravens uh, do for 2024. If he comes out and he looks like the kind of 
um, spark plug he can be, uh, that could be just very exciting for the Ravens run game. And I honestly think they probably will have to let Dobbins walk if that's the way he, he brings some things uh, more, a little more speed to the game, a little more uh, potential explosiveness in the passing game, I think. And you know, I, I'm with you. I think they, they probably try and continue to go cheap there. There's going to be a lot of other more important positions where they're going to have to go cheap as well. Right. That's really the, the, the crux of the issue. There is an opportunity cost to any decision you make and being forced to go cheap at positions where it's harder to find a replacement level player for a cheap price is the problem. It's not how good the player is, as the Costa said. Um, it's how good is would a cheap replacement be mm-hmm. at certain positions. That's the way I look at it. The second quote I thought, um, uh, I, I believe it was Jeff Zarebeck asked him about restructuring contracts. This was before the news of Marlon Humphrey, which I know we'll, we're going to uh, segue right into. Uh, the Costa said the landscape for this team has changed a little bit because we struck a deal with Lamar. The way we operate will be slightly different in the future. Uh, and I thought that was particularly uh, notable. And the way they operated differently this offseason really was the, the use of void years. And they uh, actually, according to Brian McFarland, added a fifth year onto the uh, Humphrey restructure as a void year to defer an extra about $2 million onto that fifth year. Yeah, I saw that, and uh, that was an interesting component to that. So I don't know if that's a, if that still is allowed as a simple restructure under the original deal, because usually those don't have to be – you don't have to get any permission from the player to to change the structure of the deal in that way because it's just getting some money up front for the season effectively. But if you had a void year, I'm not 100% sure whether or not the player has to sign off on that, and it may have been part of Humphrey's contract is that they might, might turn some of that. But that makes about six players now, I think, on the team, maybe even seven – who have void years at the end of their contract. So the Ravens have definitely done some of that. It was either six or eight before Humphrey. So, uh, yeah, from from zero in every previous season combined to uh, <laughs> that. So let's talk a little bit about that Humphrey restructure because there's a lot to it. So the, the Ravens had to, by midnight, have to had to transition from the rule of 51, which is in play during camp. Effectively, you have a 90-man roster, but only your top 51 contracts count against your cap. You have to be under the cap every single day of the year. You cannot make a mistake or you can lose draft picks. There are significant penalties in the leagues applied to the 49ers in the past, for example, um, when they don't stay under the cap, even for technical reasons. So today, as of today, the teams have to be, and this is, you're hearing this on Friday, but as of Thursday, they had to be uh, under the cap for all contracts that remain on the teams. So it's no longer 51. It's really more like about 60, 62 guys in total that they're paying between, it's actually more than that, because you get the practice squad, you got the 53, you got all the injury settlements that have already occurred, and you've got all the dead money that's still on the contract. I don't think I'm missing a category. Can you think of one that I'm missing in that group? Um, no, they release somebody, it's dead money. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, right. 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 Yeah, it's a, kind of a catch all category there. Um, so anyway, that's, that's quite a few p- players. I mean, they've got players on IR too, that, that, that they have to include NFI. You don't have to include. So those yeah. players are, are uh, like a Ty Bowser right now, uh, is not getting paid, but, uh, but when they do pay him, that's an interesting thing. Cause the Ravens probably have some unexpected cap cost that's not in there right now that Bowser will accrue from Tyus Bowser when he comes back. Um, that's an interesting point. I didn't, I don't quite understand the mechanics of that element of it, of the NFI 
I guess, uh, proration or, or balloon, balloon mm-hmm. almost, when he does return. Uh, but it seems that this restructure, which was about uh, $7.5 million in release, should, according to most projections, including Brian McFarland, who we mentioned mm-hmm. last time, that should cover the, the injury um, replacements as well as the uh, practice squad elevations. So unless there is uh, a need to make a trade or a significant expenditure, that the, about uh, more than $5 million that they currently have should, should coast through most of the season. The way I think of this is that it, you have injuries occur all during the year. They tend to be a little bit more backloaded than frontloaded. That you get you get more injuries that occur as the year goes on as people become unable to play from multiple smaller things, for example. But the they have uh, ten enough to pay roughly ten half year vet men salaries with that money. So they get injured on an average of week nine, and they need to bring somebody in. Then they can do that. They've got some practice squad elevations, which which are not insignificant. I think they cost something like eleven thousand per game because it's a difference between the practice squad and the vet men. That's no, more than that. It's more than that. But anyway, it's a, it's practice squad elevations will, will cost something as well. The other thing they have, and and I think they've been fairly judicious about typically, is when they have a few people on handshake agreements. And Daryl Worley, for example, is still on a handshake agreement, I believe, with the team. And that you can look at the other vets. Sam Mustafer would be another good mm-hmm. example. They can bring them back in week two, and then they're not on the hook for their salary for the whole season. They're on a week-to-week basis where they could, in the case of Worley, cut him, re-sign him to the practice squad, maybe even bring him up multiple times, as they did last year. And in the case of uh, Mustafer, that could be a very big deal because he could be an important lineman for the Ravens this year over some portion of the season. Yes, I agree. I, and I think long-term you'd like to have that 10th offensive lineman on the roster at the expense of mm-hmm. that third quarterback. Uh, to me, that would be the natural uh, the way to maximize positional uh, depth everywhere. Uh, but there is some advantage to that. A lot of machinations to the way they go up and down. But there, uh, Mateo or Matteo, Nick Matteo, uh, the customer mentioned, he's one of the best in the business as far as uh, – you know, doing the accounting for all those various maneuvers. That's interesting. So did they let Moriarty go at some point? Moriarty, I believe, is the senior uh, level, and then Matteo is the VP. So he's they, mm. they work hand-in-hand. Hand. Okay, very good. Um, uh, all right, we talked a little bit about incentives. Now, this is one of the interesting things is who they restructured, because I think Humphrey was the obvious choice, but one other guy who has a large salary nut for this year, and and it, you want base salary is what can be restructured. Other monies that are part of the cap for this year, they really can't be restructured. Um, but the base salary can be. And the other guy who who would have freed up even more money because he has about eleven point five million, I believe, would have been Ronnie Stanley, where a simple restructure would have freed up over nine million. Now. The issue with that in Stanley's case is that they don't know exactly when his last year with the Ravens is likely to be or if he's a candidate for a restructure. But I think it's a pretty clear indication the order they do things is generally the order they believe the player will, A, play out the contract, the likelihood of the player playing out the contract, and B, that they may want to even re-sign him and restructure for future years uh, as well because that allows for further deferral. Yes, exactly. So – I th- thought it was interesting that Humphrey um, apparently has a sign that his injury recovery from the foot surgery is going well, that he was their first choice over Mark Andrews uh, or Lamar or Roquan, I believe, was the other 
three players were. But Stanley, it seems that the writing's on the wall, that he is sort of playing on a year-to-year basis at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. Did not did not participate in joint practices or the preseason. Um, I believe he already received a vet day, a rest day, practice this week. Um, and he, he's going to be on sort of a load management. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and I, this being out there this summer, I do not remember a single padded practice where Stanley was there. I believe he had vet days for every single one of them. He's had a ton of vet days um, uh, this this preseason. And uh, I, I, I don't believe he might have been there for the first one uh, and he might not have played on 11s even in, even then. But uh, but he's, right. they've they've really taken it easy on him this summer. Yeah. You know, I think the Ravens, although they've been more aggressive this offseason, they they're still um, being responsible about it. They could have easily said, we don't care if we think Ronnie Stanley is going to be on this team three years from now. We want to uh, pay up. Uh, high-end pass rusher, uh, bring him in, and we're going to restructure Stanley. But they did; they chose not to. So I, th- I do think that bodes well for the future. Very similar situation with Marcus Peters two years ago. They waited to restructure. Actually, did they even restructure him? He was going to be the last one if they did it. And then they paid him the money anyway. He was ready to go in 22, and they decided, let's pay him the $15 million, keep him around. Um, it was just, it was a, it was a, the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials to participate. Simply fill up an orange hefty renew bag with accepted items, tie it up and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply prudent management of cap there and it's it's something it's a kind of little detail that gets missed fairly often somebody like McFarland wouldn't miss it but you know a lot of people miss that kind of a thing is who they're not restructuring is right. is actually kind of key um I, I i will say this as well the ravens i think play a very careful balancing act in terms of their 54th through 57th men on the roster the guys who they basically handshake deals with to bring them back after they move some guys to IR and the Ravens like to have some IR players as midseason replacement. Not every team, you know, would, would try and put a Malik ham on the roster, for example. Uh, and, and the Ravens do. And I think they're very smart about it in terms of, of, of how they handle these things. And hope, I hope that, uh, um, you know, the, the three players that they have there now, and it could easily have turned into four with Humphrey at some point, uh, you know, 
they cost them about $3 million to have those players stashed. And it's not an insignificant component of the cap. It's over 1% of the cap they're expending on these, on these uh, stashes. Uh, but they're, they're potentially very helpful during the season to bring these guys back. Yes, absolutely. No question about it. To have those fresh legs available to you as the toll of the grind of the week after week is, uh, you know, the bodies. It's been very beneficial in previous years. And I think it's, you know, quite a few folks uh, find identify a player like a Patrick Ricard. Um, they want him off the roster. Or you know they don't they don't agree with the cap space allocated to him. Well, it's roughly the same amount for one of those. I mean, Jadavian Clowney's two and a half million, I believe, this year. Yeah. So you're talking about three million for a handful of players that give you that depth when you really need it. It's it to me, it's a worthwhile expenditure. Yeah, that's a great relativization there. That that you know you have those two are uh, are approximately equal expenditures, and and uh, I agree. It, I, I I like the way the Ravens do it. I like the managing the roster with fifty seven better than re- managing it with fifty three. I think it's very hard. One thing to look forward to is this 2024 team is going to have a ton of draft picks they're going to need. They have a huge number of free agents leaving, and the players leaving this year are good players. Uh, I don't think many of these are going to be re-signed, maybe, maybe one or two, but I'll just read off the list here real quickly. Zeitler, Duvernay, Dobbins, Edwards, Geno Stone, Queen, Huntley, Beckham, Aguilar, Simpson, Clowney, Harrison, Phillips, Yasin, Darby, Seymour, Matabike, Pierce, and Urban. That's a ton of talent. And they're all going to be gone in 2024, aside from maybe a couple that could be re-signed. Um, some of the players, I think there's about six players here who, who um, I actually have highlighted on the, on the show sheet, but uh, might be actually compensatory formula candidates. Uh, Zeitler, Dobbins, Queen, Beckham, Simpson, I think, and Matabike all could be guys who contribute to um, uh, you know, a, a, a significant draft pick return uh, from those guys. There's others who you know, would contribute to the formula, but but those guys would actually, uh, you know, potentially generate a, a, a draft pick. And they can only get four, but this would allow them to sign two free agents back. And honestly, I don't know if they have enough money to do any much more than that. They only have about 14 million of effective cap space with, I want to say it's 43 players under contract currently. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, you're talking about you know two, both of your starting guards, uh, three of your top five receivers, um, inside two linebacker, two corners, two uh, two down linemen, your starting edge rusher. And just circling back to that first point again, I just can't see a way where it makes sense to say, well, J.K. Dobbins is a good player, so we're going to pay him, or Patrick Queen's a good player, so we're going to pay him. You need more strategy than that. The opportunity to cost is too great for to do it at replaceable positions. Right. And I, I, you know, it's, it's a, I love the way you look at this Voss. And that's the reason why I enjoy doing this show with you is because even though we have some disagreements, certainly about how to expend cap, how to use void years, that sort of thing. um, You're, you're taking the right approach to it because it's where do I not spend is the most important question. It's not, do I want this guy? We, you know, just all the players I named, uh, you know, Zeitler, Dobbins, Queen, Beckham, Simpson, Matabike, the Ravens are going to want every single one of them next year, probably. Beckham, I'm not 100% sure of. I mean, something could go wrong with him, but the rest of them, I, I think so. And others on that list, there's gonna, they're going to be players they want. Uh, so it's if 
you know, it's not a matter of they want them and they've got a credit card and they can put themselves into more debt to, to bring somebody back. It's, it's a matter of they've got to figure out how to have a consistent year-to-year contending team because I think that's what the Ravens have chosen to do. And we've seen with other teams just how quickly all their hopes get skewered. And I don't care that the Rams did win a Super Bowl. I wouldn't want that. As a, as a season ticket holder, that's the last freaking thing I'd want is to have the Rams trading away my entire future for a Super Bowl right now and you know, five years of this misery that's ahead of them. Yeah, the Rams uh, went overboard, and I've always said that. I don't think many would think that they uh, they went overboard. They, they did get paid off for Tampa in a way, too. I mean, they really mm-hmm. went pretty wild with it. I think the question that remains to be seen is how long does the downturn last? Because there have been recent teams that have been able to rebuild it in a year or two years, hypothetically. The Ravens themselves, years ago, uh, after their purge, uh, rebuilt it in one year, essentially, and, and ended up making the playoffs two years after that. So that's really the balancing act of it. Um, I think it was on PFF or one of the podcasts I was listening to over the summer, and they said, you know, when the salary cap first came around, teams didn't really know how to manage it too well. And there would they would have these big roller coaster rides of up and then a three years down period. And general managers have gotten a lot better at being able to shorten the down period so it's not more than maybe a one-year or an extreme case such as the Rams, probably a two-year uh, rebuild. But if, if you are prudent about it and not – restructuring a Ronnie Stanley who may not be on the team and not going overboard with some other factors, I do think that the length of downtime can be mitigated pretty well. And really, my theory is the key to doing that is premium position roster uh, investment. That's that's really Always. the way. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And and completely agree with you on that, by the way. Uh, it's it's interesting that the team we talk about most, and you mentioned the Bucs too, but but the team we talk about most in this is the Rams because they're most extreme in terms of trading away their draft picks and and obviously taking on large, uh, sorry, what do I want, barbelled salaries that create this problem. And now they're you know still talking about maybe trading Aaron Donald now at at, uh, at midseason. They're not necessarily every other team in the NFL is thinking about how they can do it. Right. Um, so so uh, you know. But that's the that's the winning example of that. There's a bunch of losing examples out there. Look at the Arizona Cardinals. Think about being a season ticket holder for that team and the oh, yeah. freaking misery they've been through and now a complete rebuild. Uh, think about the Houston Texans and what they've been through. We're playing them week one. And, and you know, the, the, the Know Your Foe guest, Rivers McCown, who's excellent, by the way, uh, says, you know, the, the best thing, the, 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 the First thing I can tell you about about the Texans is three years ago when I was last on the show, they were starting a rebuild, and it's three years later, and they're starting a rebuild. (laughs) Well, they're a mess. Um, The Rams are an interesting case because they made – and I've seen Rams beat reporters make the case that they actually extended their all-in for about five years until that final season when they did ultimately pay it off with Mm -hmm. the championship because they were hyper-aggressive – and I mean, Jared Goff and Todd Gurley were p- perhaps two of the worst contracts handed out of the last decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Ramsey pick, and then some of these other. I think the game has changed slightly because of these mega contracts, and they don't even extend. And now they're starting to extend beyond quarterbacks to 
uh, Nick Bosa this week. And now mm-hmm. Chris Chris Jones is looking for his payday, uh, probably going to hold out to start the season for Kansas City. If you can find that rookie quarterback um, two years later, that I think all of that um, manipulation of the cap can be washed away pretty quickly. All right. Well, we'll certainly have lots of opportunity to talk about that topic as the year goes on. A couple little practice squad things. Anthony Brown cut from the practice squad this week. It's it's not a huge deal by any sense at all. I did think he was kind of the perfect practice squad quarterback for the Ravens because he's a guy who's actually developmental. Josh Johnson, I think you have him on speed dial and you bring him in whenever you need him, honestly. Uh, and he might still be on the roster uh, early in this season, if Huntley's injury situation is not, you know, cleared up, I, I think, you know, I, th- I think he was back practicing because Humphrey was the only guy yesterday who was out. So um, it, it may be a case. But wh- wh- where are you on that in terms of Anthony Brown? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to keep him in the organization, but it's not something I'm going to be losing sleep over either way. Um, I do think, particularly with the uh, the list of unrestricted free agents that you mentioned having player developing players who can be part of a, the back end of a roster in 24, 25, uh, that's what the practice squad should really be focused on. Yeah, no, and we had that on our on our first show. That was really the focus of it. To that extent, they brought back Tay Hayes. Now, he is not a pure developmental guy because he's a third-year player, but, of course, that's that's uh, on hold while he's on the roster squad. He's uh, roster, uh, sorry, the practice squad. He's not accruing. Uh, years of, um, of of service, but he's a third year player. So so the Ravens presumably could have him for two years, including a uh, an RFA year. Uh, he looked very good in the preseason, and honestly, with the Ravens needed corner, I'm very glad they got him back. I would I would put a not insignificant probability he ends up playing some snaps at corner for the Ravens this season. Yes, I was I was definitely uh, uh, pleased to see that one as well. Um, you know, there's certain positions where you probably need a little bit more uh, on the practice squad than others. All right. Okay, outstanding. Uh, always fun to talk front office stuff with you, Voss. Uh, tell folks where they can find your uh, work online. Uh, I am. You can contact me at Twitter at Vasilis Beatdown, V-A-S-I-L-I-S Beatdown. I am the co-managing editor and also an author for Baltimore Beatdown blog. And I have a new podcast called The Raven's Way every Thursday night live stream. All right. Outstanding. Other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up with a DM on Twitter. I'm always eager to, to hear from you and meet new people. And this is a lot of the fun of doing this is in meeting new folks to talk football with. I'm really interested to hear your idea. I'll get back to you very quickly. So for Vaslarikos, this is Ken McCusick saying uh, goodbye from the second uh, episode of, uh, of uh, Friday Morning GM. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.